the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The Gospel of today, my beloved, comes from Matthew chapter 12. And in this Gospel, the Lord affirms that mixing good and evil doesn't work. It's impossible. Some try to live their life in a way, mixing good and evil together. What is right and what is wrong, we try to mix together in a way that is satisfactory to me, in which I can enjoy some of the evil, while at the same time not getting too far from what is good. Because at the end of the day, we all like what is good. The Pharisees accused the Lord of casting out demons by Beelzebub, who is the ruler of the demons. And the Lord affirms that this would be counterproductive. If Satan cast out Satan, how can his kingdom stand? If anybody is divided, or any institution is divided against itself, it won't stand, right? So, he says if Satan is attacking himself, then he will lose, right? It's like if we're going to play a game, a match of soccer. How will there be any match to speak about if my team was putting goals in my own goal? Plus, the other team is putting goals in my goal. This won't be a match, Or if you're playing basketball and both teams are putting shots in the same goal. This wouldn't be very entertaining. This wouldn't be any kind of competition. Right? This wouldn't be something that we would uh, make any sense of. Then the Lord said in verse 33, He says, Either we make the tree good and the fruit good, or else make the tree bad and the fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. And then He continues, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. And this is the truth of our reality, which was created by God, that we can't mix the good and the evil together. We can't mix the truth and the lies together. For those of us who have been here on Sundays or or streaming online for the past uh, two weeks, you know that we've been speaking about truth. And we spoke about why speaking about truth is important, right? How, you know, when we live in this false world or we live in lies, there has consequences that follow this. And also, if we want to be with God, who is the truth, then we must live in the truth. As long as I live in the lie, I won't be with God. I can't be with Him. Then we spoke about some of the fallacies that some people believe of the truth. Some of the false things that people believe of the truth. And last week we spoke about the realities of the truth. Today I'll speak briefly about why do some people reject the truth? Why is it, for some of us, we look and we see the truth is very obvious. Why is it that some people reject the obvious truth? A couple of reasons that I came up with. Number one is that they make tolerance and acceptance an idol. Some people reject the truth because their number one priority or their number one virtue is tolerance and acceptance. I'm not saying that tolerance and acceptance isn't good. It's very good. That's why they use it. But they misunderstand it. When we say something is someone is tolerant, that means there's tolerance of somebody doing some injustice or something wrong and we tolerate it. It's just like when we're infants, you know, uh, the infants, they poop and pee on their diaper. Right? Breast parents, this isn't good, right? It's not healthy for them. But we tolerate it because they're babies, right? They don't know any better. But when you became an adult and you do this, then it'll be indifferent and we won't be so intolerant. We'll be intolerant with this, right? 
you need to use the restroom in the correct way. Um, so the problem is they misunderstand, some people misunderstand tolerance and acceptance, and they make this misunderstanding as the idol, as the number one virtue. However, as we mentioned before, that um, absolute tolerance is an impossibility. Tolerating everything and anything from anyone is impossible, right? We can't say that we're going to tolerate those people who break the double line on the highway. Because then we would all crash to each other. We couldn't drive without knowing if the person was going to cross the line or not, right? So everything can't be accepted. And neither... Um, uh, so the idea really, or the discussion about tolerance and acceptance is really not about tolerance and acceptance. Um, because even those who cry for tolerance and acceptance are um, to all exclude any dissent or any dissenting opinion. So those who say we must accept and tolerate everything, it's everything that agrees with them. But if you disagree with them, we don't tolerate you. We can't tolerate a difference of opinion. Right? And this, you know, we see from what the Supreme Court did this last week, you know, uh, a step in the right direction, thank God. Many people were going out and raging against this. Right? Because there was an opinion that was taken that was against their own opinion. Right? The issue, my beloved, really is not about tolerance and intolerance. The real issue is who is determining what is right and wrong? This is the bottom line. Humanity wants to, or the people who deny God or don't want to follow God, they want to be the ones to determine what's right and what's wrong. What's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Right? But we as believers of God and God's creation, we say that no, we are creatures of God, He determines what's right and wrong, and we are, ought to follow and submit to this. Because this is the best way that humanity will function. If you think about all the radical ideas that are out there and you take them all the way to their end, you'll find they're not sustainable. They're not sustainable for the human, you know, humankind. Some people believe that we should have unrestricted access to guns regardless of the risk that they pose and the risk that people, you know, who hold them. Some people also believe that uh, unborn children are not alive until they're fully human or until they're fully born and breathing and their life is not life until they're born. And thus they can be removed as if they were a cancer. But there's very there's a grave difference between a cancer and a human in the womb. A cancer doesn't have an organ system that's functioning, you know, uh, completely. It's an overgrowth of cells. So we look at this as being something that can be removed. But something that's living, has a full organ system, has a developing brain. It's not like some kind of cancer that we can excise and take out. <clears throat> and at the same time, those who uh, are against abortion, uh, I'm sorry, those who promote abortion, are the same ones who are crying about animal cruelty. And we shouldn't uh, be cruel to animals. And if we kill an animal that is pregnant, this is a cruelty. Again, I'm not against animals. We should be very kind to animals. They're God's creation. But the point is, you see the double standard here. Right? We can say animal cruelty, but then when it comes to our own children that are unborn, we can um, we can take their life. They mistake tolerance for an idol. This is the number one. Why people reject the truth. Number two is be simply because of rebellion. Simply because of rebellion. Listen to what uh, the prophet Daniel says 
in Daniel chapter 8. He says, because of transgression, an army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifice. And he cast truth down to the ground. He did all this and prospered. So he says, like, there are those who are in opposition to the horn or to the altar or to the sacrifice or to God, and they will cast down the truth. So there, the spirit of rebellion is a sign of God, of rejecting God's authority. Because he is the truth. So when we reject the truth, we reject God and his authority. And But we have to make note here that the interesting thing is here, he says what? And he did all this and prospered. So working against the truth, they're saying that they will prosper. They will prosper. Why? God even allows us as humans to be disobedient. He permits us to be disobedient. Even when it comes to rejecting His truth, and even, unfortunately, if we harm one another. Right? He respects everyone, uh, um, everyone's uh, freedom of choice and free will. Certainly this is not His will, but He respects our choice. And actually because of this and based on this, He will judge us. So if we want to speak about tolerance and intolerance and, and, and all of this, all of these things, she God is the most tolerant of everyone. Because he tolerates our disobedience and he tolerates his children hurting one another. This is the epitome of tolerance, right? This is something that we as humans, we don't, we won't tolerate. We don't tolerate. And Psalm 11 in the Agbeya, or Psalm 12 in the Bible. Listen, I'll read it from the version of the Agbeya because I like it, uh, the translation a little bit better. Listen to this Psalm. He says, uh, maybe this is why this is in the first hour, by the way, of the Agbeya. So as we enter into the world, we have prayed this. He says, Save me, O Lord, for the godly one has ceased, and the truths have diminished from the children of men. So we read this in the morning and we consider, yeah, it seems like the truth has diminished from the children of men. So, everyone has spoken vanities to his friend. They're speaking of useless things, of lies. Deceiving lips are in their hearts, and thus they have spoken with their hearts. So they're speaking in ways that deceive one another, meaning what? The propagating lies and propagating things that are against the truth. The Lord shall wipe out every deceiving lip and every tongue that speaks great words. And this is where the comfort. There will be a day where the Lord will wipe out every deceiving lip and every lie. And those who are of the lie will be separated from those of the truth. The sheep and the goat will be separated. And he says of those who propagate the lie, those who said we will magnify our tongues, our lips our own, who is Lord over us? And this is what I was saying. The issue is about who's determining what's right and wrong. Is it God or is it me? Those who want to be deceived and to deceive are the ones who believe the lie and propagate the lie so they can be the ones to determine what's right and wrong so they can become their own God. When uh, Saul had offered sacrifices, of course in opposition to what God had commanded him, he told them to wait until Samuel came. And then Samuel would offer the sacrifice and then they could determine what they're going to do in the war. When Samuel came and he found that Saul had offered the sacrifice, listen to what he said. 
So Samuel said, "Has the Lord, uh, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offering and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord?" He's saying, "Do you think that the Lord likes sacrifices more than obedience?" He says, Be, uh, "Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams." He says, "For you to obey." And obey God is better than offering these sacrifices. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. He says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, which is from Satan. So the spirit of rebellion is the spirit of Satan that is in the world, right? Anything that seems to be against the authority or some kind of order, this is the spirit of rebellion, the spirit of division. And this is why these things are not sustainable if we take them to their end. So the second reason why people reject the truth is because of rebellion. Number three is that it's inconvenient. Sometimes the truth is inconvenient. The absolute truths uh, uh, can sometimes get in the way of what people want to do with their lives. I have a certain plan for my life, how I want to live it, and accepting the truth and believing the truth poses a threat and a problem. For example, if I want to live a promiscuous life and have multiple partners and engage in in sinful relationships, this kind of lifestyle, the reality of it is it carries potential consequences. So what do I do with these consequences? The first consequence is the risk of disease. So we'll develop medication to suppress these diseases and to suppress their progression. That's fine. I'm not against, you know, uh, developing of medicinal, you know, uh, ways to help humanity. This is great. The second is pregnancy. This is a consequence, a natural consequence that God put in order is pregnancy. So what do I do? Well, if I want to live a promiscuous life and this stands in the way, then I must get rid of the pregnancy. I must term- I, can, I should be able to terminate the baby and this is my right. All because of what I want to do, the way that I want to live. Number three is the potential consequence is commitment. Having a, a monogamous relationship between a man and a woman, there ought to be commitment for this relationship, Right? So, what do I do to get rid of this commitment? I create something called no-fault divorce. So, you know, in this country, many, many years ago, in order to get a divorce, this was a big problem. It was almost like how it is in the church, where you had to have sufficient evidence, and they wouldn't grant it for everybody. There had to be some kind of abuse, and and these kinds of things. But then they came, uh, I believe it was in the 70s, if I can remember, or 80s, they came out with this law, no-fault divorce, meaning anyone can get out of any relationship at any time for any reason. So if you see here, we're just kind of trying to solve any barriers to the way that one wants to live my life. Even if it means killing an unborn child or uh, breaking up families and causing uh, you know, children to be raised in broken families. Atheism is the belief that there is no God, and also no Satan as well. But if an atheist wants to live his life 
because believing in God would mean that he must or she must submit to his commands and guidelines as his creator. So if I want to live a life and I want to be in charge of my own life and I don't want to submit to God, then it's very convenient to deny the truth and say that there is no God. As if denying this would make God go away and all of the order of reality and the truth that he submit, that he put into place will somehow go away. It won't simply just go away just because somebody chooses not to believe. They're a truth. Truth doesn't need a person to affirm them. They are what they are, right? I don't need to believe in gravity for gravity to be there. And if I deny gravity, I'm not all of a sudden going to start floating, right? Number uh, four, some people reject the truth for their desire of control. They desire control. They don't want God or anyone else in charge of their life. Listen to what St. Paul says to Timothy. He says, For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So it says like these sinful ideas are creeping into the house and and confusing those who are gullible. At the time, this was women, but now it's our children. And sometimes I feel when I read this, what I immediately comes to my mind is a child being stuck in his room on his cell phone, just being soaking in all of the media that's out there, right, that's corrupting their mind with no parental supervision. And then the child comes out with all of these radical kind of ideas because they spend too much time unsupervised and, you know, with their phones. Now as as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, disapproving uh, concerning the fa- disapproved concerning the faith, but they will uh, progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. So many people believe that any authority that infringes on their freedom ought to be removed or infringes on any me doing anything that I want, we should get rid of this kind of authority. However, there's no such thing as an absolute freedom. When does freedom end? Freedom ends at the liberties of others. So my freedom would end when it impinges on somebody else's freedoms. Right? In Christianity, we preach the gospel message. But it's not in the Christian doctrine and dogma to force anyone to believe anything. We offer to them the gift of salvation. If someone chooses to reject, that's fine. If I were to force them to believe in Christianity, this wouldn't be Christian. Because now I'm infringing on that person's freedom to accept or not to accept. We appeal. So the forcing of somebody or anybody to believe in something is, again, something... um, that's not, you know, of the Christian, you know, uh, ethical system and values. The last reason, or second to last reason, sorry, number five, Satan is the ruler of this present world. The reality is that Satan rules this present world. This is why many people reject the truth. The Lord describes Satan in John 14. He says, I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. So he describes Satan as the ruler of this world. 
This doesn't mean that Satan is given all out authority. No, because at the end of the day, God is still sovereign. He is still the one who's over all creation. But he's leaving Satan there as a viable option to us to choose. Do we want to obey or disobey? But the day will come where he will be, he will get rid of him completely. And all of those who followed him and his disobedience will be cast out. And those who chose to be obedient will be with those who are with him and his kingdom and united with him. Satan has given some liberty here on earth, but especially in regards to the non-believers. Listen to what St. Tim- uh, Paul says to his disciple Timothy again. He says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, the God of this age of Satan has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So Satan has come and he has come to blind humanity uh, from the veil of God and those who are non-believers are those who are most subject to his blinding activities. Also the Lord describes the reality of the narrow way. The Lord said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are, few, and there are many who go in by it. This is an unfortunate reality. When you look at the landscape of the world, the broad way is the easy way and most people go through it. Because it's easy, it's convenient, I get to do what I want and all of these things, right? And But then he turns and he says, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. There are few who find it. So the narrow way is a bit more difficult. But you know what? But when we go through the narrow way, we will have life, eternal life. When we choose to go through the broad way, this leads to the way of destruction, right? The last, or uh, the sixth reason why perhaps people deny the truth is because of wealth and money. The reality of our fallen or corrupt nature is that it leans towards sin and corruption. Our human nature leans towards sin and corruption. It's almost like a weed. You know, if you want to plant a garden and you don't plant anything and you just till the ground, the weeds will come. Same thing. If we do nothing in our life to work at being good and virtuous people, we'll live a sinful life. Because this is easiest. It's natural. It's something that's in, you know, we're in corrupt nature, right? So it's the easiest. And it takes work to live a godly life. But sin, evil, and corruption almost come spontaneously. Because of this, sin and evil propagate faster than goodness. Sin propagates faster. You know, they said that bad news spreads six times faster than good news. This is why when you turn on any news channel, whether liberal or um, or conservative, what's on there is usually bad news, right? So that is because that's something that propagates fast. Even if there's something good, like what happened, you know, with the Supreme Court banning the abortion? This is good, but we can, we're going to portray it in a way that, okay, look at the violence, look at what's going on here, look what's going on here, right? So something must be portrayed that is bad because it just propagates faster. Unfortunately, this is human nature. So the truth is often 
undermined or disregarded for the sake of making money. You know, these companies make money when we look at their content. The more we look at their content, the more money they make. So if I'm a company, and I know I have a better chance of making more money if I put bad news out than good news. You can try, and maybe I think some stations have tried to just only put good news out there, and they failed because they didn't make any money. So I said, okay, we have to just spread bad news. Right? So spread the bad news, spread the misinformation, spread the lie because it spreads faster and I make more money. So unfortunately, some people, they reject the truth simply because I can make more money that way. If I own a business, if I lie and cheat, I make more money. So I deny the truth because it makes me money. I was watching one time a debate between a Christian apologist, whose name is John Lennox, and an atheist, Richard Sherman. And at the end of the debate, the moderator was a judge. And he asked the two of them, I'll ask you one question, and I want you to answer honestly. He says, I'm going to ask each of you, and he turned and said to the Christian, if there was one thing that this atheist could prove to make you deny God, what would it be? So he thought for a minute and he said, if he can prove without a shadow of a doubt that Christ didn't rise from the dead, I, would, I wouldn't believe in God. Makes sense. Because our faith is based on the resurrection. Then he turned to the atheist and said, if there was one thing that the Christian could tell you to let you deny your atheism and to become a, a theist or somebody who believes in God, what would it be? And he thought for a minute and smirked and he said, if you deposit like $3 million in a Swiss bank account for me. And he didn't answer the question. He just joked about it. But that's his answer. If I'm going an author and I want to make money as an author, if I write about atheism, I can make millions and millions of dollars. But if I write about uh, like a good spiritual book, then I might make like, you know, $100,000. It's just, it's, it's more lucrative because bad news spreads faster. Right? So some people unfortunately deny the truth simply because of money. Lastly, some people deny the truth because their desire for immediate gratification. They want to be this immediate gratification, right? The truth is often associated with delayed gratification. We're all here today in hopes of living our life in a, a way that pleases God. So one day in the future, we will be worthy of the kingdom of heaven and will enter his kingdom. And sometimes we're deprived of things or we think we're deprived of things. We don't go out with our friends that are going to bad places because I want to live the right way. And sometimes this is hard. All of this, why? Because I believe that my reward is coming much later. So the truth is often associated with delayed gratification. But the lie is all about what? Immediate gratification. Now. And this is exactly what sin will do. When we're tempted with sin, it says, enjoy it now, don't worry about the consequences later. Have, the, have this relationship now, don't worry about what's going to happen in a couple of years. Don't worry about what's, what's going to happen later. Just enjoy it now. It ignores the long-term consequences. So sometimes we deny the truth because we want immediate gratification. And if you think about the things in the world that promote immediate gratification... For example, our phones are one of these. And I'm not saying even if we don't look at anything bad, but just simply if I have a question. And you'll find, you know, even me with me and my children. 
we'll be talking about things and there's something we don't know. Oh, just Google it. Oh yeah, I can easily just go Google it right now. We have the answer and we'll move on. But what's the problem? I still get this immediate gratification. And if I get used to myself getting this immediate gratification all the time, then when things are delayed, I have a problem with it. When the Bible, when God is telling me that your reward is going to be later, no, I want my reward now. And my, when my reward doesn't come now, this is a problem. Right? So sometimes some people des- uh, deny the truth because the desire for immediate gratification. The truth is important, my beloved. Following a falsehood or a lie has consequences. And they can be grave consequences. And when we follow the truth, this is following God. Those who love the truth, love God. And those who love God and follow Him will be with Him for eternity. So this is not something that's a matter of opinion, but this is something, a reality that can determine our eternal life. Whether we spend it in heaven with Him, by accepting the truth and living by the truth, or denying the truth and being separated from Him for eternity. I pray that God open our eyes, that when we look in the landscape that's around us, to be able to decipher the truth through the eyes of God, so that we won't be led astray and deceived by those who are propagating lies. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen.